Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. Today we continue learning ethics of the fathers, Perkiavot, and uh, we are in Mishnah 6 of chapter 6. It's a long, long Mishnah, and, um, and uh, we're going to get the commentaries from the book of Rabbi Tversky, um, which is called Visions of Our Fathers. So it says like this, Torah is even greater than priesthood or royalty, for royalty is acquired along with 30 prerogatives, and the priesthood with 24 gifts. But the Torah is acquired by means of 48 qualities, which are study, attentive listening, articulate speech, intuitive understanding, understanding intuitive discernment, awe, reverence, modesty, joy, purity, ministering to the sages, closeness with colleagues, sharp discussions with students, deliberation, knowledge, knowledge of scripture, Mishnah, limited business activity, limited sexual activity, limited pleasure, limited sleep, limited conversation, limited levity, slowness to anger, good-heartedness, faith in the sages, acceptance of suffering, knowing one's place, being happy with one's lot, making a protective fence around his personal matters, claiming no credit for himself, being beloved, loving God, loving his creatures, loving righteous ways, loving justice, loving reproof, keeping far from honor, not being arrogant with his learning, not enjoying halachic decisions, making sharing his fellows, yoke, judging him favorably, setting him on the truthful course, setting him on the peaceful course, thinking deliberately in his study, asking and answering, listening and contributing to the discussion, learning in order to teach, learning in order to practice, making his teacher wiser, pondering over what he has learned and repeating a, a saying in the name of the one who said it. For you have learned this, whoever repeats a thing in the name of the one who said it brings redemption to the world, as it says, and Esther said to the king in the name of Mordechai. So this is a very long Mishnah. I'm not going to go detail by detail explaining what it means. It's obvious everything we read, but what's important to see is that a Torah-learned person, a Torah scholar, when we talk about a Gaon, uh, a great rabbi, a great sage, we're not talking lightly about a person that sits and learns all day. This is not what the Mishnah is telling us. It's 48 things that this person needs to have very well structured within himself. Apart from the learning, it's a lot has to do with his midots, with his character traits, of the way in which he treats people and he behaves and he lives his life. And it's, it's mind-boggling. It really takes your breath away. Once you read this, you, you, when you hear about, let's say, Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs that passed away this weekend, that was a great luminary, he was a great Torah scholar, and we lost also Rabbi David Feinstein, who was Harav, Harav, he was a Paskin, he gave law, he was the son of Rabbi Moshe Feinstein. They were not light people. They, these were people who dedicated their whole lives to Torah. 
and to live in, in, in these 48 ways. So I dedicate this class to them. Really, thank you for bringing Torah to the world, light to the world, good to the world. And here, Rabbi Tversky, who is another big rabbi, he says here that in chapter 4, Mishnah 17, 17 we were told that there are three crowns uh, to acquire Torah. So it says, Rabbi Shimon says, there are three crowns, the crown of Torah, the crown of priesthood, and the crown of kingship. But the crown of a good name su su surpasses them all. So this chapter, which is dedicated to Torah study, tells us why the crown of Torah uh, is superior to the other two crowns. And the Talmud lists 30 privileges enjoyed by the king and 24 by the priest, which is the Kohen. But Torah, you need 48 to acquire Torah. So we see here that a king and a priest, maybe they have all these privileges, but not, they're not, they don't have a, they don't have to be incredible people. But they, but we've seen they should be incredible people, but we've seen that throughout life, we've had kings and we had Kohen Gadols and Kohens that didn't, uh, didn't live up to their names and they had a lot to, 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 of their character traits were left a lot to be desired. But Torah personalities, when we're talking about a, a, a Gaon, when we're talking about a great Torah scholar, these people are exemplary in their midot, in their refinement of their character traits. They're exemplary. I was looking at a video of Rabbi David Feinstein that they were showing and it showed how when his wife was gonna go in, inside a car, he would take such care in the way that the wife went inside the car and make sure that she was inside and that she was comfortable until he closed the door behind her. This is, a, this is you would think a person that is all day with a book here would, wouldn't even think about the wife being taken care of when she goes into a car. So it is clear that if there are 48 prerequisites, then having 47 will not prepare a person adequately for the acquisition of Torah. It's not enough. He has to have the 48. And the Talmud states that at first, at first, a scholar learns the Torah of God, and only after much effort does it become his own Torah. So yes, when you're learning Torah, you start learning, it becomes your, your chokmah, your wisdom, then you have to bring it down to your, to your understanding, to your bina, and then once it becomes your knowledge, then you have acquired the, what you're teaching. But before that, it's not yours. And the Talmud states that at first a scholar learns the Torah of God, and only after much effort does it become his own Torah. He has to learn and learn and learn, and maybe it takes them 40, 50 years to be able to acquire the Torah. So it is the later that requires the achievement of the unnumerated traits. Indeed, the Talmud says that when Moses initially learned Torah from God, he would forget it, he wouldn't remember it. And it was until he gave it to him as a gift that he was able to, to be able to acquire the Torah. So we see here that we can learn and learn and learn and learn, but until Hashem doesn't gift it to us, we haven't acquired it. So the, 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 it says here that insofar as one cannot achieve the 48 qualities without the guidance of Torah, and if one cannot acquire Torah until after he possesses the 48 traits, where does he begin? So the answer is that one begins with the knowledge of Torah. 
So this enables him to achieve the requisite qualities. One can then rise to the position of having Torah as an acquisition. So one must learn Torah. This is where we start. This is where we begin. We start learning Torah. Every week we sit with Margie and we learn a little bit of Mishnah. And we learn a little bit of, of duties of the heart and a little bit of parasha. And if you want to tune into the Zoom class of, of uh, Hovot Halevavot every Monday, but until Hashem doesn't see that we put our effort, our effort, our effort, and we are not only learning it, but we're living it, we live with it, then He can give it to us as a gift and we can acquire it. So we have concluded that the 48 prerequisites for acquisition of Torah, we are told that God gave the Torah in the desert, is an indication that just as no one has exclusive domain to the Torah, the Torah is uh, ownerless, really, because it was given in the desert for that reason. It's like it's, it doesn't belong to anyone or anywhere. Uh, then we see uh, that, that this is in sharp contrast to other faiths, where the authentic knowledge of the teachings of faith was closely guarded as a secret. And we see today there's many, I don't know how to call them, types of religions that are secret. They're a secret, you cannot know anything about them unless you get into it, and it's strict and it's restricted. But Torah is available to everyone to take. Everyone can learn Torah, everybody can live through Torah. Even the non-Jewish people, they are commanded to keep the, the seven Noahide laws, and they're part of Torah. So there is another di distinction between Torah knowledge and other bodies of knowledge, Torah requires that one have the proper character traits. A person's genealogy or social status does not render him private to Torah. It is all, only the midot, only the character traits that determine whether or not he will acquire Torah. So it's not only to sit and learn, but you have to really refine your character. It has to be refined. And so it is of course possible for a person who lacks midot to read scripture, Talmud and even to achieve some proficiency in them. However, that knowledge is not Torah. Torah is a teaching and a guide and is such only when it's implemented. So you have, when you're learning Torah, you have to live Torah. You have to say what you mean and mean what you say. You cannot be learning something just for learning, just for acquiring knowledge and not living what you're learning. So one might ask, if Torah is contingent on midot, on the character traits, and midot are attainable only by implementing Torah, do we then have a catch-22 situation? The answer is that one may begin acquisition of Torah with rudimentary midot, with the hope that the Torah he learns will enable him to develop his midot to the fullest. So yes, maybe we are not so refined. When I began learning Torah, I was not where I'm today. And I'm sure I have a long way to go still in many other character traits. But the important thing is that you start and that you're honest and you're, you're genuine with who you are. I remember once I read a story of Rabbi Reich, Moshe Reich, and he was very sick and um, he went to the hospital for treatment and the son asked him uh, when they were leaving he said to the son i'm very thirsty and he was a great torah scholar he was an incredible person and uh, and the son went to look for something for the father to give him to drink and he came back with a bottled water that he got from a machine a vendor machine 
And the father looked at him and says, a Jew never drinks from a bottle. A Jew drinks from a glass or a cup. And he didn't, he, he had just come out of a treatment, he was thirsty and he didn't drink the water because he wouldn't drink from a bottle. And he went home and he drank from a, from a cup. It struck me so much. It maybe it sounds weird to many of you, but it, it really hit my court. And I said, you know what? I'm gonna try doing this too. I'm gonna try doing this too. I'm gonna refine myself. A Jew should drink from a, it's like a, like a prince of God, like the son of Hashem. You are not gonna drink from the bottle. And I started drinking only from cups or from glasses. And when I came to the gym, it was a whole ordeal because how am I gonna do? So I used to take the bottle of, of the bottle with a cup and pour on the cup and drink from the cup and it was a whole thing. But I have to say that it really, although it seems very, like very, what are you talking about Margie? In reality, it does refine you. It makes you more aware and more sensitive to other things. It brings you to a, a, a different level of awareness. So all these laws that we learn from the Torah, Laha, all these laws, how to eat, the sitting down, all these things, in reality, you think it's a nuisance, but in reality, they're there to make you refined, to be able to go hand in hand with the learning of the Torah that you and the Torah are really one. That it's not that you're learning Torah and you are you and the Torah is Torah, but that the Torah and you are really one. So I want to wish you a blessed week. Keep on going, keep on growing, and live a little higher. Thank you.